Hello and welcome again to another edition of Lost in Science. Across Australia on the Community Radio Network, this is half an hour on your radio where we talk all about sciencey things. Well, I say we, this week it is me on my own. My name is Stu and I am flying solo this week. Uh, you may have heard last week's show and Chris was actually losing his voice. Well, he has completely lost his voice now. So it is up to me to bring you the show on my own this week. And luckily I did have time to catch up with a very special guest. Now you may be wondering what does olive oil have to do with science? Well, it turns out there is a lot of science involved in olive oil. And I'm talking to one of the foremost experts in olive oil, a scientist and agronomist and researcher into olive oil, uh, Professor Paolo Inglesi from the University of Palermo, um, who was in Australia recently uh, as a guest of the... Italian Cultural Institute of Melbourne to speak around the country. Um, but I managed to catch up with him and we had a long chat about, well, about all sorts of things ranging from the history of olive oil to modern production and various points in between. Um, so please stay tuned for uh, my interview with uh, Professor Inglesi. Uh, which is a special edition of Lost in Science this week. Special guest on the show this week is Professor Paolo Inglesi, who got his degree in agricultural sciences from the University of Palermo, also known as UNIPA. Uh, he was awarded a PhD in tropical and subtropical agriculture by the University of Florence in 1985. He's been a full professor of arboriculture at the University of Palermo since the year 2000, where he teaches in agri-food sciences and technologies. He is a world-renowned expert in olive oil composition in the diversity of grape varietals, in cactus and stone fruits and modern fruit science. He is an expert in production and biodiversity of crop systems. He's an expert in uh, industrial and mechanical fruit harvesting, and he's delivered short courses and lectures all over the world. He is a member of the Academia di Giorgio Fili, the Italian Academy of Agriculture of Bologna, the Italian Academy of Forest Sciences, and the Italian Academy of Olive and Oil. Uh, he served as the president of the Italian Horticultural Society for two terms, 
Uh, he's the author of several volumes on fruits and arboricultural science and has published over 125 academic research papers. He's collaborated with the FAO, the United Nations World Food Organization, and since 2017 has served as director of the museum system of the University of Palermo, which includes their botanic garden. Professor Inglesi was recently in Australia as a guest of the Italian Cultural Institute of Melbourne to speak at several events, and I was lucky enough to catch up with him before he left. Thank you, Paolo Inglesi, for joining us on Lost in Science. Now, I know you are in Australia specifically to talk about uh, there is there is a big Italian festival on at the moment. Yeah. Um, which which you've been invited to, but your your background, your expertise is in in plants and particularly in food plants. So, um, what what can you tell us about how how, for example, you know the the olive oil that we have in Australia is linked to Sicily? Well, well, uh, I, I remember some like twenty years ago. I've been involved in research in olive oil when I was almost a kid. I was 26 and I spent my sabbatical in, in uh, Israel working with one of the major experts in the world. Shimon Lavi was a master to me. Uh, he was my mentor. And he, at the time, he was, uh, he was very much interested in bringing varieties in Australia. And he sent a lot of varieties from Spain, Italy and Israel here to understand how they could thrive and uh, could, they could produce in this country. I think that 25 years ago, only some Italians used olive oil in, in the, the common diet, in cuisine. But now I believe that many more people are using olive oil. Even in, in Eastern Asia, I've been in, in Thailand and they're willing to consume olive oil. In China, they start very fast to consume olive oil, and you send Australian olive oil to, to China, unfortunately for us, but you are close. <laughs> uh, your potential is high, despite some conditions. I mean, maybe, maybe too, uh, the, 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 the kind of light you have is too strong uh, for, for, for the trees, but this is a Mediterranean climate area, basically, so why not? And uh, the melting pot I've seen in Melbourne uh, is magnificent. And if in this kind of in this kind of city you will succeed in growing in growing the use of olive oil, this would be an example for all the world because you have community practically from all over the world, Europe, Asia, uh, I, I, even even. Uh, Muslims from, from, from Saudi Arabia, Nepal, people from Pakistan, a lot, lot of people. And I, I went in the supermarket and I saw bottles of olive oil, many bottles of olive oil, and, not, and very well bottled. And I think there is a potential. What we can offer you is not only the olive oil of Sicily, which I can say is one of the best in the world, but not because we are the best, but because the plant itself finds the best um, condition to, to, to live in the middle of Mediterranean. 
North Africa is too hot, Northern Italy is too cold, Sicily is perfect. I mean, but for the climatic change, we don't know. <laughs> How long we don't know be? the future. We don't know. Um, no, it's good. But so, the, the olive tree is, where, where did the olive tree originate? Where did it come from? The, uh, there's a great dispute in the bot in the botan in botany. The, the, the species uh, comes from the ole oleaster, which is a, a wild species in the Mediterranean Maki, our Mali. And, and it was domesticated in what we call today Lebanon by the Phoenicians. And this is about 4,000 years before Christ. And then he moved to Creta, to Crete Island. And still Crete Island is, is covered by olives. And then he went to Northern Africa, what today Tunis, in which they have Carthago, the big city against Rome, the big fight against Rome, because Phoenicians just colonized all the coastal line in Northern Africa and didn't come to see to Sicily and to Italy, but in 600 here before Christ with the Greek. And the Greek invaded Sicily and created what we call Great Greek. They, in the, in the, at this time, the history of all the three in Italy began, and is a great history. So, what's the what's the difference? You said they were domesticated. Uh, what's the difference between the domestic olive and the and the wild olives that were growing everywhere? You can imagine the first man who found this kind of strange fruit, and it's hmm, that's nice. I didn't, it wasn't it wasn't so nice because the fresh fruit is unedible. You need to yeah. use something. maybe they found some fallen fruit in the in the in the, in the soil and say and they understood that after some periods the fruit were better than fresh. And say, hmm, this is strange. And then they felt something, the oil. And the first meal are dated 3,000, 2,000 here before Christ, stony, completely stony meals. But the original species, the oleaster, are very, very small olives. In the seed is almost 80% of the weight. The mesocarp, the inner mesocarp, where the, where the oil is, is very thin, and the content is no more than 5-4%. So they start, like in any other plant, they started to domesticate, which means I want more oil. And then they, I don't know, they began to domesticate it, and they found bigger olives, bigger olives, not very big olives, but plenty of sea of, of oil. And now you have varieties with the range from 9% to 24%. It's very small percentage of the fruit we use, only this peculiar but secondary product of the fruit, the oil, which is very, very strange. The only oil together with the palm oil, which is, we come from pressure, from, from pressure is in the fruit not in the stone, not in a kernel. Okay. And and so these these domestic varieties that or the the, the domesticated versions of the wild species yeah. that were around, how many how many domestic varieties of olives do we have now? Ooh, many. You I mean the, you know the scientific many of the olive is Ola Europea. So we say it's our I don't know in the people when you call it Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, but only in Italy we have selected 
in we have in the repositories more than 600 varieties because olive is very site specific. This is why the Israeli people and the Spanish and some Italian, when they came to Australia, they, they brought a lot of varieties to understand mm. how they how they how they work. Because it's very they, you know there is one variety in Italy that grows only in them in one single municipality, grow produce very well, can grow anywhere, but without producing any good fruit. Even in Sicily, as I showed two days ago, the varieties are distributed in the in the territories. And the one variety, there is no variety capable to cover the whole island. They, they stay in one part, in the other part, in a certain part of the islands. They are very site specific. So with that, bearing that in mind, so each, each little municipality in yes. Sicily has its own olive variety that does better in that area. A couple of three varieties, three, four, two, depends. And but, so does, does that does that influence the taste? Do you get different? different very much. But you have to get bear in mind that, for instance, in, in, in peach, you have more or less every have 100 new varieties in the market by mm -hmm. breeders. In olive, in the last century, as far as I know, we have no more than five to six varieties being selected, two from Israel. And they are only selection, not new hybrids. So the, the, the variety we are talking about in, in Sicily and Italy, they have 100 years. It, it, it is like if you have, you know, a car made in early 90s and still going, it's impossible. So the industry is based on variety, which are, which has a very, are very aged. Of course, they are different in taste now, not in the past. I think we're lost. We're not lost. Not even any short-range radio signals yet? Except for a single, very powerful, radio emission. Of course, a transmitter of that sort isn't exactly standard equipment. The science and technology must be absolutely mind-boggling. Of course, that's uh, it's mostly on the theoretical side. What so far? Across Australia on the Community Radio Network, you're listening to Lost in Science.
You are listening to Lost in Science, and I'm speaking with Professor Paolo Inglesi from the University of Palermo about the science and history of olive oil. And I asked him how olive oil has changed with modern technology. One statement is, olive oil has never been as good as today because of technology. The technology of extraction, of separating the oil from the flesh and from the water. Centrifugation, stuff. Right. Uh, in the past, they used the fact that the oil and water is not a solution, is an emulsion. So they separated with a thinny, thinny, thinny knife, the oil from the water mechanically, which is not efficient. And they, you have they literally, time. they scrape it off the top of the water. Yes. Right, right, right. And this means that the, 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 the oil used to stay a lot together with the water and oxidize. So the oil was very bad. And before extracting, separating, excuse me, the water and the oil, you had to extract the oil from the seed. How? By pressure. And which was the, the, the force, the driving force, the donkey. Going around, going around in a, I don't know in English, how you say, in a mill, which pressing, doo -doo 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 -doo, running around, yeah. but the, the donkey has no, 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 no infinite force. But if you use the water pressure and now mechanical pressure, you can press more and extract more. So you can extract now the oil from not very ripe fruit, which is the best phase for, for quality. In the past, you had to wait for very, very fully ripe fruits. So no polyphenols, no aldates, a lot of peroxidase, a lot of acidity. So the oil was not good enough. It was 90% of the oil was not good enough. But why? Because of the Roman age, Greek age, and until Edison, the oil was, was energy. Our orchard, well, like the you know the channel that bring gas from Russia to Europe, North Stream, bringing olive oil from south in Italy to London, Vienna, and Paris was exactly like the Northern Stream from Russia to to to, to Berlin. The, the 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 all the cities were were illuminated. The lamps were illuminated by using olive oil. Before the use of the of the of the fat of the big whales, you know, Moby. So it was lit, literally lit up the world. The olives lit up yes. the world. Yes, and wow. they used in, in fight the, the soldier. They used to cover the, the the body with oil because in in a, in a fight you kind of you couldn't grasp it because <laughs> it was the first Christ at Olympic Games. If you want important Olympic for games, defense. Defense yes. and, and energy and food. I mean, is there anything Whatsoever. you can't do? And if you won the Olympic Games, they gave you not a medal, but olive oil. <laughs> Take home the olive oil. Yes, olive oil. <laughs> olive oil. It's a long story. It's a very long story. Obviously, and it's probably one of the oldest foods that we still cultivate, that we still eat. Yeah. But I just, I did want to ask, you were saying that the, it's very slow to, for new varieties to come. Is that because, well, how long does it take? If you planted an olive seed, how long would it take to get olives? If you talk about using this, going from to the seeds, that's 25 years. But then right. you, 
but at least about 20, 20 to 25. So in, in my career, which is usually now is it's, it's a lot, it's maybe a lot, almost 35 years ago, I started, but mm -hmm. I had to start the first day and maybe now I could have selected one variety. If the government gave me the fund, the, the, the grants that they didn't give to me, so or to anybody else, so it's impossible to do it. People are not willing to do it because it's it's too expensive. And at the end of the history, uh, olive oil is only four percent of the total fat that human being consume in the world. Seed oil and and lard and butter much more important to people. They mm. believe olive oil is more important for your health. Well, this is this is something that we've been finding as well. But the once once you've got them producing, how how long does an olive well, how long does an olive grove last? How long before you have to replace the trees? I mean, if, uh, if you plant the new plantation in four years, you will have the first crop, third and fourth yep. years, and then your crop will last it for your nephew and for the, your next generations. This is the fact. I mean, in I think the average age in Sicily of the orchard is 100 years. It's too old. Right. We need young orchards because the old orchard were organized for mechanical, for, for manual, for manual harvesting. I could show you some picture and that's really unbelievable. Uh, but now uh, you need mechanical harvest, mechanical pruning, mechanical, 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 unless you have slaves. So you need small trees and the age of orchard is no longer than you estimated 25, 40 years. So is that that has changed obviously in the last century that it's moved to mechanical harvest and in the last 30 does, years. Does does the age of the does the age of the trees affect the quality, the, the quality of the olive oil or the no, not no. at all? So the young trees as good as old trees, but okay. there is no difference. It's a secondary product, not a not a primary. Is a second okay. of the metabolism. This is why you have big advantage, because, for instance, in Italy, by law, we are not allowed to cut the tree. Every single tree is a national treasure, like heritage. It's the heritage. No, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it is still a Mussolini's law. Oh, because during the period of early Mussolini, he, he, he had a. He had a, a problem with all over the world, and they and we have what we call the autarky. So we had to produce. So olive oil was primary product, and we are not we are you were not allowed to cut it. And this, the law is still there. So it is very difficult to make new orchards. You made it in Australia, in New Zealand. Can I say New Zealand in Australia? Oh yeah, you're allowed. <laughs> we're friends. We're friends. <laughs> in Argentina, in Chile, in the Southern Hemisphere. And that's interesting because you have new orchards and you are, I mean, I, I don't like very much tradition. I like culture. Culture is different than tradition. You can be very, very traditional people sometimes are ignorant because they only rely on repeating stuff year by year. Culture means that you have to improve it. If you drive a Ferrari F1, you need to have the culture, not the tradition. Otherwise, you lose the championship, as as they do today. You need a new car every single Grand Prix. <laughs> so yeah, improve the culture. Improving the culture is essential, and uh, we are 
we are not very good in this. We are too sticky to traditional stuff, in my opinion. So, I mean, as you say, in Australia, we have a lot more potential for grow- for planting new plantations of olives. But but what would be the what would be the you know the scientific way to think about what which olive varieties should we be choosing for Australia or for Victorian uh, conditions? This is impossible to say. I mean, the, I, am, I am an agronomist. I'm not going to say names because you have yeah. to find the field. You know, what yeah. is peculiar to me uh, is that to find out. I mean, I was in Melbourne the last week, and I changed different restaurants. You have many Oriental, some Italian. It depends on what you will do in your habits in your alimentary customs, in your diet, and how, for instance, you would use, if you will ever use olive oil in Vietnam restaurants, in the, in the needle soup, or in other restaurants. Otherwise, if you think that olive oil is only good for Italian food, it would be nice because it means you will consume a lot of good pasta. But otherwise, which is the future in Australia? It depends very much in what you eat. Because mm. olive oil is not wine. You are not going tonight with your wife or woman, I don't know, and say, oh, my dear, Darali, I want to invite you to have a, a beautiful glass of olive oil. No. She <laughs> <laughs> will clap you and say, you're a stupid man. So I want a bottle of wine, not a bottle of olive oil. Olive oil means you have something to eat which goes with olive oil. Mm. And this is the major question in your country. Which will be your diet? And it's not to me the answer, it's yours. So really, really, you need to choose the the olive the, the olive trees to suit the kind of cuisine, the kind of cooking that you're going to use it for. Yeah. yeah. And and that means we've got we've got hundreds of varieties to choose from, I guess. No, no, not hundred. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. And there are there are some varieties which are considered very good. In Sicily, we are lucky enough because we have nine major varieties from which you can make whatever kind of oil you need. Okay. And 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 since olive oil goes with food, if I have boiled fish or roasted fish, I can use different oils. It's the same like wine. It's culture. Um, at least in Italy and Europe, in all countries, if I have a fillet, I use a, a, a body, a strong body wine. If I have escalops, I have a, a, a middle body wine, a different wine, a lighter wine. So you should be used to understand what kind of food I have. If you have a soup, very hot soup, it will be nice to have a very hot olive oil, plenty of, of, of smell, and you feel it. But if you use a very light boiled fish, then you need a, a volleyball which is not very much in contrast with your food. So it very much depends on what you eat. This is why we call it dieta Mediterranean culture, because it's not the ingredient. The mix up of ingredients makes the difference. Mm. Mm. Making the thing together is, is what you have to, to, to learn. Whatever you will do. Um, well, I would I would love to keep talking to you, but I am going to run out of time, so I'm going to have to wrap it up there. But thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank, thank and you. And I hope you, I hope you enjoy your very short time left in Australia. Yeah, I, 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 we will have a dinner tonight, maybe with olive oil. I hope I will be back, even if it's very far. But but it's nice. I love your country. It's a beautiful country and beautiful people. And I, you know, in Italy today we have a long discussion uh, because of people coming to Italy from Northern Africa. And I will bring bring some politician here in Australia and see what's going on in the streets in people from all over the world. Uh, sharing together daily life and this is wonderful to see And that is all we have time for this week on Lost in Science. Thank you for joining us in Getting Lost. If you have any questions or suggestions for the team, get in touch with us by email. We are lostinsci at gmail.com. You can send cheap tweets to us at lostinscience1 on Twitter, or you can find us on the ubiquitous Facebook Lost in Science is recorded at the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on the land of the Kulin Nation and is broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can find a podcast version of the show on 3cr.org.au or you can tune in the way you did this week when we return in our usual time slot to get Lost in Science! Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.